Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. All right, everybody, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar, and today we have got a doozy of a show. So today we're going to talk about Social Security. It's what's hot in the news. It is very important from an MMT perspective. You can't get much more of a test case for understanding the way the economy works or for how federal financing works than the test case of Social Security. And we've got some great clips to play in this as well. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop in a matrix quote here just so you guys get the understanding of where this is. All right, here's the start. Do we have a deal, Mr. Reagan? You know, I know this steak doesn't exist. I know that when I put it in my mouth... The Matrix is telling my brain that it is juicy and delicious. After nine years, you know what I realize? <sighs> Ignorance is bliss. So Cypher setting the stage for today's show because folks, so much of this stuff about social security is just going to be like one of those blinding flashes of the obvious. Okay. It's going to be a blinding flash of the obvious and social security is under major attack right now and it has been under attack for a very, 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 very long time. You might remember this coming exchange that Bernie Sanders had with Jolton Joe Biden. Let's go ahead and watch it. Let me ask you a question, Joe. Yeah. You're right here with me. Yeah. Have you been on the floor of the Senate? You were in the Senate for a few years. Yeah. Time and time again, talking about the necessity, with pride, about cutting Social Security, cutting Medicare, cutting veterans programs. No. You never said that. No. When I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans spending. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. Look, here's the deal. You're an honest guy. Why don't you just tell the truth here? We all make I, mistakes. I, I am telling the truth. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. Joe, let me repeat it again. I want you just to be straight with the American people. I am saying that you have been on the floor of the Senate time and time again, talking about the need to cut Social Security, Medicare, and veterans programs. Is that true or is that no, not true? No, it's not true. What that is, is not true? That is not true. I meant veterans, but I meant every single solitary thing in the government. Everything was on the table. I did not support any of those cuts in Social Security or in veterans Whoa, benefits. whoa, whoa. You, you, Everything was on the table. All right, you're right. You just said it, including, in your judgment, 
cuts the Social Security and Veterans. In order to get the kinds of changes we need on other okay. things related. Joe, then but, you just, but we did not cut it. I, I know, because people like me helped stop that. All that I would say to the American people, go to YouTube. It's all over the place. Joe said it many, many times. And I'm surprised, you know, you can defend that or change your mind on it, but you can't deny the reality. So, folks, I want you to understand something. From day one, Joe Biden has literally been for destroying the social safety nets. Many of you guys put him in office. I want you to know that 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 guy that Bernie Sanders was fighting with, it was sitting there talking about how he never wanted to cut, never said anything about cutting. And right there, Bernie showed he lied. Many of you guys voted for him. I just say in the obvious, whatever you make of that, make of it. But I want you to know you voted for a guy that wanted to cut Social Security and cut Medicare and cut all these things. That's 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 who you voted for. Literally, that's literally who you voted for. <clears throat> Can't make it up, folks. Sorry. So here's the deal. Way back when FDR went ahead and created this thing called Social Security. Now, FDR was not the flaming leftist many people try to put him out to be. FDR was a guy who had a lot of pressure on him. There was a lot of popular pressure out there. And he went ahead and created the New Deal series of programs. One of them was Social Security. And as part of his attempt to create this social security framework, he decided that he would create a pay for the skin in the game. And that's where FICA comes in, FICA taxes. All right. And so FICA taxes were to be administrated, administered, if you will, by the social security trust fund. Okay. The social security trust fund is a giant nothing burger. It's a giant spreadsheet, basically. And what is given to the spreadsheet is authority to make payments, okay? So it is the authorized payer of payments. Now, I want you to understand something. I wish I could draw this out, and pretty soon I will be able to draw this out. I've got a, a special camera where I'll be able to do some of these things. But what I want you to understand is this. When a tax comes in, it's kind of like going to a turnstile or if you're driving on the road and you see those uh, roadway uh, trackers that tell you how many cars have gone through, right? Little things that just boom, boom, boom. Yep. Another car, another car, another car, right? That's kind of what, that's kind of what um, you get, if you will, with social security trust fund. Okay. What it does is says, yep, they paid a tax. Yep, they paid a tax. It just says, yep, yep, yep. It's like a record, like a keystroke, right? How many people came to the concert tonight? Well, we have 450 tickets received today. Okay, so for, did 450 tickets literally fund the show? No, right? It doesn't matter how many people showed up or paid into it. The fact is the show will go on. But the way that the Social Security law was written, it was written that when they take that rec recorded stroke, yep, you put a buck in, yep, you put another buck in, yep, you put a buck in, and every year you get a record of all the bucks that it took a note of that you paid, right? But those bucks are deleted just like every other federal tax, just like every other federal tax, okay? Now, why does this matter? Because many of you, believe that we should just raise the cap on social security FICA taxes. 
and that that'll just make everything good. Hey, we'll just raise the cap. But FICA does not actually pay for Social Security. Nothing pays for Social Security. Federal government keystrokes every Social Security payment into existence, period. Every single Social Security payment is a new dollar. Every dollar that you spent into Social Security was destroyed. It's just a tally stick. It's just a marker. It's just a, yep, you went through the turnstile. Yep, you went through the turnstile. Yep, you went through the turnstile. And nothing more than that. But the law gives this trust fund the authority to make payments. Unlike the Medicare or Medicare yeah, trust fund, okay, unlike that trust fund, which still leaves Congress in control of making payments, okay, what the law states is that the Social Security Trust Fund has the authority to make the payments. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to share with you this tweet from Stephanie Kelton. Okay, and this tweet from Stephanie Kelton is pretty important, so we're going to talk about it. She goes, next time someone tells you that Social Security and Medicare are in trouble, challenge them by separating the issues as outlined here. One, the financial ability to pay benefits. I've already told you guys, that's the federal government. It neither has nor doesn't have dollars. Your Social Security FICA dollars are deleted. They're purged. They're destroyed. They have no they're not ever going to be reused ever for any reason under the sun. The second one, as I just finished telling you, is the legal authority to pay benefits. Who is the legal authority to pay benefits? And that's the Social Security Trust Fund. Okay. And then there's the productive capacity to deliver the real benefits. So let's keep all three of these things separated. Like you got to keep them separated, right? We got to keep them separated. Financial ability is endless. There's nothing preventing the federal government from making as many payments as it wants to make to individuals. They could raise the, the, the value of Social Security up to $5,000 a month if they wanted to. Okay. However, number three here, the productive capacity to deliver the real benefits. Now, I'm going to get back to this in just a second. But what I want to do is I want to come back to just me here for a minute and tell you. When you look at what was just said there, okay, you think to yourself, the real goods and services, the real benefits, right? That's what she says. Let's pull it back up just so we see this. Number three, right? When we go in here, if I'm looking at this correctly, and I am, the productive capacity to deliver real benefits. Now, go back to the pandemic for a minute. If you go back to the pandemic, you realize that supply chains were broken down. We didn't have enough toilet paper. We didn't have enough whatever, right? So the issue is not an issue of whether or not we have the money. We create money out of thin air, even for Social Security. Sorry, Vote Blue sycophants who hold tight to the idea that your FICA dollars are paying for it and you're, you've been paying in Social Security and blah, blah, blah. Sorry. This is one of those moments where we go back to Cypher and talk to them about ignorance is bliss. Well, I'm here to tell you that fact of the matter is, fact of the matter, okay? Your hard-earned FICA dollars are deleted just like every other tax the federal government takes on. Every one of them. No different. That's the point. Okay. All right. So now 
we're going to go ahead and we are going to add another video here. And this right here plays on this very thing that I just talked about. And I want you to pay special attention. Many of you have heard this, especially you MMTers out there. You've heard this countless times. This is really, really important. And it's one of the very few times where a neoliberal like Alan Greenspan really, really crushes on the soul of another neoliberal neocon in Paul Ryan. Here we go. So having personal retirement accounts is, a, is another way of making a, a future retiree benefits more secure for their retirement. And also, do you believe that personal retirement accounts as a component to a system of solvency does help improve solvency? Because when you have a personal retirement account policy, it, it's accompanied with a benefit offset. With that feature in place, do you believe that personal retirement accounts can help us achieve solvency for the system and make those future retiree benefits more secure? Well, I, I wouldn't say that the uh, pay-as-you-go benefits are insecure in the sense that uh, <clears throat> there's nothing to prevent the federal government from creating as much money as it wants and paying it to somebody. The question is, how do you set up a system which assures that the real assets are created which those benefits are employed to purchase. So it's not a question of security. It's a question of the structure of a financial system which assures that the real resources are created for retirement as distinct from the cash. The cash itself is nice to have, but uh, it's got to be in the context of the real resources being created at the time those benefits are paid so that you can purchase real resources with the benefits, which, of course, are cash. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, I have a little bit of fun at Paul Ryan's expense there. The fact is, is that once again, Alan Greenspan just told you flat out, there's nothing, nothing preventing the federal government from spending as much money as it needs to. There's nothing insolvent about Social Security. You just have this crazy little line item in the law that says the authority for Social Security payments comes from the trust fund. But the trust fund doesn't have money in it. It's a spreadsheet. Because as I've stated before, federal taxes, including FICA taxes, are literally deleted. Okay? So all this hand-wringing that goes on, how do you make people understand? Well, we're going to play one more video here real quick. And this one is a current one from The Lever. Uh, David Sirota took it. Now, mind you, there's some issues with this, but I'm going to let you hear it anyway. Here we go. The question for you this morning, should Social Security be cut? A historic offer on Social Security. We have learned overnight that President Obama is reaching out to Republicans. He is offering a new budget proposal. that could include cuts in all the major entitlement programs, including Social Security. And I'm committed to working with anyone, Democrat or Republican, who wants to strengthen Social Security. The last time there was a midterm disaster for the Democrats, when Joe Biden was vice president, the Obama administration pushed forward with a commission to try to cut Social Security, to try to show its bipartisan bona fides. The president does deserve credit for challenging his party on entitlements. In 2008, candidate Obama vowed he would not cut Social Security. John McCain's campaign has gone even further, suggesting that the best answer for the growing pressures on Social Security might be to cut 
cost of living adjustments or raise the retirement age. Now, let me be clear, I will not do either. I do not believe that we need to cut benefits. The president bit the bullet, proposing cost of living adjustments to Social Security. Essentially what the president will propose is less generous cost of living adjustments. That's the inflation adjustment recipients on a fixed income receive every year. It would reduce future benefits to Social Security recipients, military veterans, and civilian federal employees. You can imagine a situation where after a bad midterm election, Joe Biden, a guy who has pushed for Social Security, and Medicare cuts for most of his adult life. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. You can imagine him saying, look, I got to move to the quote-unquote center. People like Lindsey Graham want to cut Social Security and Medicare, and here I am. That's what we're going to do. I believe that both sides can come together to begin to embrace those savings and manage down the debt and deficit. Social Security has nothing to do with the deficit. Social Security is totally funded by the payroll tax levied on employer and employee. The question is, at what point can we have a serious conversation about Medicare, a serious conversation about Social Security? So I want you to think about what I'm saying. You've been lied to nonstop. Obama lied to you. Clinton lied to you. Biden has lied to you. Every single one of these people have lied to you and they've lied to you in a way which you understand how many old people, people that don't have any money, people that don't have any wherewithal, how many people that survive on social security have had to live this lie that they pretend like there's not enough money, that they're going to have to make drastic cuts, that the only way to keep it solvent is to raise the cap and all this other shit. And how many of you all have carried the water for that lie? Even the great Senator Bernie Sanders has carried that lie forward. Each of these people have taken the easy way out to not deal with that one provision in FDR's original Social Security bill that gave the authority to actually make payments to this spreadsheet called the trust fund. Okay. Now, if you understand what I'm saying, if, if everything you've just seen makes sense to you if you suddenly realize that if you're out there running around going vote blue no matter who and you don't understand that austerity is murder that's a real problem for everyone isn't it if you're one of those people that shames people for not voting blue when you've got a situation like this you might be the problem okay you may very well be the problem because this is a bipartisan issue and it's not an issue that we can solve politically because the fact is they both are telling the lie if you vote a republican they're going to gut social security they're going to put it to wall street you vote for a democrat they're going to try and gut social security and put it to wall street why who is their main benefactor wall street wall street okay so Wall Street will continue to nickel and dime them and force them into a decision point, a decision point that sadly many of you would allow to go through because all in the name of protecting Social Security, you'll say, yes, let's raise the FICA cap up. Let's go ahead. we got to keep Social Security solvent. And even some moron will run around saying that the Republicans raided the Social Security trust fund. How do you rate a fucking spreadsheet, folks? 
How do you raid a spreadsheet? How many of you all ran around saying the Republicans raided the Social Security spreadsheet? I mean, Social Security Trust Fund. How many of you have done that? It's okay. It's okay. You've been lied to. You've been lied to. Okay? There's a lot of bad actors out there that have lied to you about not only Social Security, but Medicare as well. Every single one of these things is intentionally underfunded. Why is that? Why do you think they've been underfunded? Why do you think they play the game of, gosh, we just don't have it. Where are we going to get the money to keep this going? Oh, my God. Why do you think they keep that going? What do you think is the issue? Let me tell you. The way neoliberalism works, and I've said this so many times, maybe, maybe it will stick this time. The way neoliberalism works, it takes whatever private entity, public purpose, okay, spending. You got in the UK, you've got the National Health Service. Same thing in Australia, okay? What happens when those countries are looking to expand markets and invite more capital in to play in their backyard? They might go ahead and start trying to whittle away the public space and privatize this stuff to expand capitalist interests. And the only way to do that is to dismantle the social safety nets. Why is that a big deal? Why is it so shitty and stupid and worthless to go and do privatization, right? Well, aside from the obvious connotation of ownership and who has control, the fact is, is that the United States government being the currency issuer can never bounce checks. In fact, let me go ahead and share this next screen with you guys. This right here is from uh, Warren Mosler. And so I'm hoping that this will help you guys better understand, uh, you know, the the innocent fraud, if you will, that is Social Security. And so we're going to share Warren's article right here. And it's under innocent fraud number four. And by the way, all these links are in the description of the um, the actual show. So I'm going to read this to you, okay? Social Security is broken. Fact, government checks don't bounce. If there's one thing all members of Congress believe is that Social Security is broken. President-elect Obama says the money won't be there. President Bush used the word bankruptcy four times in one day. Senator McCain says Social Security is broken. They're all wrong. And one of the major discussions is whether or not pri whether or not to privatize Social Security. That entire discussion makes no sense whatsoever. So let me begin with that and then move on. The idea of privatization is that the Social Security tax and benefits are reduced, and instead, the amount of the tax reduction is used to buy specific shares of stock. And because the government is going to collect that much less in taxes, the budget deficit will be that much higher. So the government will have to sell that many more treasury securities to pay for it all, as they say. Got it? They take less each week from your paycheck for Social Security, and you get to use the funds you save to buy stocks. You later will collect a bit less in Social Security payments when you retire, but you will own stocks that will hopefully become worth more than the Social Security payments you gave up. From the point of view of the individual, it looks like an interesting trade-off. The stocks you buy 
only have to go up modestly over time for you to be quite a bit ahead. Those who favor this plan say, yes, it's a relatively large one-time addition to the deficit, but the savings and Social Security payments down the road for the government pretty much make up for that, and the payments going into the stock market will help the economy grow and prosper. This is neoliberalism, and there are a lot of those folks out there who stare at their investments and don't stare at you and I suffering, but that's what we're up against. We're up against people that are measuring their uh, whether they think this is good or bad by their stock portfolio, not by what happens to regular people. So those against the proposal say stock market is too risky for this type of thing and point to the large drop in 2008 as an example. And if people lose in the stock market, the government will be compelled to increase Social Security retirement payments to keep them out of poverty. Therefore, unless we want to risk a high percentage of our seniors falling below the poverty line, the government is taking all the risk. They are both terribly wrong. Right there. That's Warren Moser. They are both terribly wrong. Please remember that this is all wrong. Okay. So the major flaw in this mainstream dialogue is what is called a fallacy of composition. A typical textbook example of a fallacy of composition is the football game where you can see better if you stand up and then conclude that everyone could see better if they only stood up. Wrong. They are all looking at what is called the micro level for the individual Social Security participants rather than looking at the macro level, which includes the entire population. To understand what is fundamentally wrong at the macro, big picture, top-down level, you first have to understand that participating in Social Security is functionally the same as buying a government bond. With the current Social Security program, you give the government your dollars now and it gives you back a dollars later. That is exactly what happens when you buy a government bond. You give the government your dollars now and you get dollars back later. Yes, one might turn out to be a better investment and give you a higher return, but apart from the rate of return, each is the same. Now that you know this, you're way ahead of Congress, by the way. And now you are ready to read about the conversation of several years back ahead with Steve Moore, then head of Cato, now a CNBC regular and one of the first to advocate for privatizing Social Security. Steve came down to speak about Social Security at one of my conferences in Florida. He gave his talk that went much like I just stated. By letting people put their money in the stock market rather than making Social Security payments, they will be better off over time. And when they retire and the, the one-time increase in government budget deficit will be both well worth it and probably paid down over time in the expansion to follow as all that money going into stocks will help the economy grow and prosper. At that point, I let off the question and answer session, me. Steve, giving the government money now in the form of Social Security taxes and getting it back later is functionally the same as buying a government bond, where you give the government money now and it gives it back to you later. The only difference is the return. Steve, okay, but with government, you should get a higher return than with Social Security, which only pays back at 2% interest. Social Security is a bad investment for individuals. Me, okay, I'll get it. I'll get to the investment aspect later, but let me continue. Under your privatization proposal, the government would reduce Social Security payments and the employees would put that money into the stock market. Steve, yes, about 100 per month 
and only into approved high-quality stocks. Me. Okay. And the U.S. Treasury would have to issue and sell additional securities to cover the reduced revenues. Steve, yes. And it would also be reducing Social Security payments down the road. Me. Right. So to continue with my point, the employees buying the stock buy them from someone else. So all the stocks do is change hands. No new money goes into the economy. Steve, right. Me. And the people who sold the stock have the money from the sale, which is the money that buys the government bonds. Steve, yes, you can think of it that way. Me. So what happened is the employees stopped buying into Social Security, which we agree is functionally the same as a government bond, and instead bought stocks. And other people sold their stocks and bought the newly issued government bonds. So looking at it from the macro level, nothing of substance has changed. All that has happened is some stocks changed hands and some bonds changed hands. Total stocks outstanding, total bonds outstanding. If you count Social Security as a bond, remained about the same. And so this should have no influence on the economy or total savings or anything else apart from generating uh, transaction costs. Steve, yes, I suppose you can look at it that way, but I look at it as privatized. I look at it as privatizing, and I believe people can invest their money better than government can. Okay, but you agree the amount of stocks held by the public hasn't changed. So with this proposal, nothing changes for the economy as a whole. Steve, but it does change things for Social Security participants. Me, yes, with exactly the opposite change for others. And none of this has even been discussed by Congress or any mainstream economists. It seems you have an ideological bias toward privatization rhetoric rather than the substance of the proposal. Steve. I like it because I believe in privatization. I believe you can invest your money better than government can. I'll let Steve have the last word here. The proposal in no way changes the number of shares of stock or which stocks that the American public would hold for investment. So at the macro level, it is not the case of allowing the nation to invest better than the government can. And Steve knows that, but it doesn't matter. And he continues to peddle the same illogical story that he knows is illogical. And he gets no criticism from the media apart from the discussion as to whether stocks are better investment than Social Security and whether the bonds the government has to sell will take away savings that could be used for investment and whether the government risks its solvency by going even deeper into debt. See how the deadly innocent frauds continue to compound and obscure any chance for legitimate analysis? And it gets worse. The intergenerational story continues with something like this. Now, I'm going to stop right there for just a second, and I'm going to ask you guys, let me ask you, think about this. How many people out there how many people out there actually believe that the government should privatize public services? Anybody that's a progressive that thinks that is really, really, really not a progressive. Now, I want you to think about this. What is something similar to Social Security? A basic income, right? So what exactly is it that you think is different between Social Security and a basic income. Well, Social Security is something that the government gives you directly, even though you think you're paying for it with these FICA taxes. Basic income, it's just a payment to you. No, you didn't pay anything into it whatsoever, okay? Now, if we got rid of FICA, what would present, prevent 
Social Security from just being a basic income for people that meet a certain threshold, for people that meet a certain criteria. Nothing. So with all these people out there running around yapping about wanting a basic income, we already have one. But we have one that is fueled and lied about because they want to privatize it. The reason they want to privatize it is because that's what neoliberalism does. That's how you expand markets. Okay. That's how you expand markets by eliminating the public and turning it to private. That's a new market. Now we've created one. Okay. But none of this is necessary. So a basic income falls back into that story that you had with Alan Greenspan and Paul Ryan. What did Alan Greenspan say? He said, nothing prevents the federal government, nothing from actually creating enough money to pay whatever you want to pay for a social security payment. Nothing prevents it. The issue is, do you have the real goods and services available for purchase with all that new buying power, all that new aggregate demand that giving people all that cash brings? What happened during the pandemic when we quote unquote had money? We didn't, but in, in, in all intents and purposes because of payments made, right? They claimed that people had all this money. What happened? What did they do immediately? They started price gouging. What else happened? There wasn't enough supply chain. Okay. Supply chains didn't work. So what happened to prices? Right? The productive capacity wasn't there. Fuck the March of the Robots, folks. Somebody lied to you. And chances are it was a Silicon Valley oligarch that passed on their ideas to some shitcoin fool. And that shitcoin fool joined uh, partnership with some fucking libertarian fools. And those libertarian fools then in turn talked about Jesse Ventura and entered into the progressive camp. And now all of a sudden we got a shit show of neoliberalism creeping in every direction. You see how that works? See how that fucking works? See, the issue with a basic income is the you at the beginning for a universal. That's the bullshit right there because you've got to have the economy there that has the goods and services available for purchase. Otherwise, the price gouging and the relative price value stories go through the roof. This is exactly what happens. So, Let's just recap really quickly. Number one, FICA taxes do not pay for Social Security. FICA taxes are deleted. All that happens is there's a stroke tally that says, yep, another dollar from this person came through. And at the end of the day, they base your payouts based on the number of strokes that have come through. But your dollars didn't get respent back to you. Those dollars are all new dollars, brand fucking new dollars. See, that's the thing with Social Security. It's putting new money into the economy, okay? That's the same thing with almost all federal spending is new money. Well, it always is new money, but some asshole will probably try to raise taxes to offset it to, to pay for it. It's not necessary. It's not necessary at all, okay? And so the idea of saving Social Security is as simple as getting rid of the authority to pay and leaving it in Congress's hands, just like they did for Medicare. There's nothing preventing Medicare from going up too. Sorry, I got the itchiest nose. I'm so sorry. 
But anyway, there's nothing that would prevent us from paying even more to, 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 to fattening Medicare easily, to make it free. You don't even need a copay. You don't need to pay shit. There's nothing preventing that except your ignorance, your willingness to accept. You got to vote for Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who wants to privatize Social Security, wants to cut every entitlement. That guy that you guys put in office. Yes, that same guy that you put in office. Okay? Yes, the same guy you guys put into office wants to cut it all. Okay? So I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, Social Security is only in trouble because you guys don't know any better. We're going right back to Stephanie here. And this tweet is out there on her, uh, obviously her Twitter space today, but she's got this thing. Can we still afford Social Security and Medicare? Now, why does this matter? And this is from Stephanie Kelton's uh, substack called The Lens, okay? And so let's just go ahead and read it for a few minutes. And it says, as promised, today's post is a rejoinder with the political fight over entitlement programs like Social Security and Medicare heating up. And yes, they are entitlements because people are entitled to coverage under the law as long as they meet program eligibility requirements. It's important to bring some clarity to the debate. What follows is a series of tweets from MMT economist Scott Fulweiler. Scott is no longer on Twitter, but he sent me an archive of this thread so I could share it with all of you. If you read it carefully, you'll notice a sharp departure from the usual focus on trust fund balances and financial shortfalls. I wish everyone involved in covering these debates and crafting legislation would take the time to think through what Scott says below. It would lead to a much more productive debate. By the way, we have a great podcast on macro and cheese. I ask you all to please consider reading it or listening to it. And it's called Things That Should Not Be with Scott Fulweiler. Anyway, there are three separate issues regarding the ability to provide Social Security, Medicare, and future years, financial ability to pay, legal authority to pay and productive capacity to provide increasing standard of living to future workers and non-workers. Unfortunately, these three separate issues are not kept separate in public discourse by journalists, policymakers, Social Security, Medicare trustees, and even economists. First, though, let's understand that Social Security, Medicare trust funds are about the legal authority to provide benefits. They are not about financial ability to provide benefits. If you're at all confused at this point, please pause and read this. Okay. Now, this is a great uh, sub stack from Stephanie that's called uh, Save Social Security from Its Saviors. And you can look at this on her uh, post out there on Twitter. Um, if you're not a subscriber to the lens, it's a worthwhile uh, substack. Anyway, it says in the in the future, when if payroll tax does not cover legal authority to pay all benefits, Social Security, Medicare, cash in the bonds owned by the trust funds, government will get legal authority to pay benefits via general revenues or selling securities deficit. But this is exactly what government would do with 
without trust funds, get legal authority to pay benefits beyond payroll tax revenues, either from general revenues or selling securities deficit. Because government does same thing with or without trust funds, trust funds do not provide financial ability to pay, only legal ability. But just as sufficient balances in trust funds provides no financial ability to pay a shortfall is not a legitimate argument against financial ability to pay. Financial ability to pay future benefits is never, repeat, never in question for a monetary sovereign. Financial ability to pay is a policy choice, not a constraint. Greenspan explains this here clearly in the first 18 seconds. Now, you all just heard this from me already. We already played this video. Legal authority to pay is also a policy choice, not a constraint. For example, government could pass law giving trust fund 100% interest per year. Remember, trust funds aren't about finance, so not a problem financially which would provide legal authority to pay Social Security, Medicare forever. Do you see these keywords that are made bold, these large all caps? No, he did not get senile and start typing in all caps. He's doing it for emphasis. Anyway, another example of providing legal authority to pay future business benefits is to pass a law saying government will pay future benefits. Stephanie Kelton explains that we already do this in some cases. And she's referring to this uh, post here about four trust funds, three problems. Um, and this right here is a article uh, on uh, both real progressives and new economic perspectives. I suggest going and checking it out sometime. But number 10 is financial ability to pay and legal authority to pay future benefits are policy choices. They are unconstrained by anything other than policymakers simply writing a law saying the benefits will be paid. Anyone who says otherwise is muddling the three separate issues. However, ability to provide future standards of living to retirees and the rest of the population without cutting benefits is a constraint. If you just run deficits to pay benefits in the future, if productive capacity is insufficient, you will get inflation, not more real goods and services, which is the problem, by the way, folks, with the UBI. If there's not goods and services there, all that money does is serve as an inflationary uh, you know, factor. And he says Greenspan again explains this clearly starting at 45 seconds. Again, same video that I have linked into the uh, show notes here. And lastly, some are talking about Fed simply transferring its government bonds to trust funds as a way to ensure future entitlements. This is simply a transfer of assets from one agency of the government to another. And it shows clearly that legal authority to pay is always a policy choice. This is not some factor where, oh my God, what's happening? Everybody's running around. Oh, let's let's raise the cap. Let's raise the FICA cap. Oh my God, I'm willing to pay more. It's the best way to save Social Security. Okay, ridiculous. You start realizing how stupid it is after a few minutes, don't you? Anyway, he says, but Fed transfer of its securities doesn't work under current law because to debit Fed assets, you have to debit Fed capital equity. 
Now, this is a little wonky, but it's okay. Fed is legally required to send its retained earnings to the Treasury. This is why every time the Fed has a quote-unquote profit, you see them return every penny of it to the Treasury, minus their operating expenses. This is why these horrible wretches out there, the Jews and the Rothschilds, and blah, 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 blah. I have come to suck your blood, blah, 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 right? These guys run around saying stupid, moronic stuff about the Federal Reserve, stuff so moronic it's barely human. It's barely human to say the things they say, barely human. So if the Fed transfers its security and debits its capital under current law, this would increase current and future government deficits by the same amount until Fed's capital was built back up. Of course, yet again, you could simply change the law, do some creative accounting on the Fed's balance sheet for this debit of assets and capital. So again, legal authority to pay is a policy choice. In sum, always remember that government ability to legal authority and financial ability to pay benefits are not constraints. They are choices, right? They are choices choices okay so i want you to pay attention to this because it's super freaking important right super 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 duper important and it's kind of mind-blowing the more you think about it quite frankly it's it's really mind-blowing in the end that we can't get our head wrapped around the fact that fica isn't a tax that's paying for anything there is a simple line of information within the law that is the social security law that gives the policy choice and the authority the legal authority to the trust fund it is not a requirement okay not a requirement the only hard the only actual hard constraint on future entitlements is productive capacity aka supply chains aka do we have the goods and services aka this is why dumbos that push for this ubi crap instead of universal basic services as usual are the ones that should be listening not speaking they should be listening not speaking okay this Thus, it is not useful for informed policy debates to have the CBO and SS Medicare trustees to forecast solvency of trust funds in the manner they do now. However, it would be useful for them to say, our analysis shows that gov shows government has chosen not to legally fund these programs in full after 20XX. If it chooses to do so without taxes or spending cuts, given assumptions in our econ model, we forecast inflation to be X. The bottom line is that the MMT lens forces us to acknowledge that the federal government always has the financial ability to pay benefits to healthcare providers, future retirees, dependents, and the disabled. Sustaining these programs can never be about financial affordability. Any impediment that was written into the authorizing legislation, e.g. trust fund balances, can always be resolved by modifying the legislative text. It is always a policy choice. What matters, as the M as MMT emphasized from the very fucking beginning, are real resource constraints and productive capacity. And here's a video of Stefan. Now, mind you, it's 13 minutes and 51 seconds. If you want to check this out, it's definitely worth your time. All right. So, folks, this is my 
talk about Social Security and the trust funds, there is absolutely nothing preventing it other than Congress lying to you repeatedly and then sadly people that are sycophants. And they're the kind of sycophants that still fantasize about politicians being good people. And they celebrate these people and they protect these people. These people that are killing you and I. They literally, it's weird how perverse and devoted they are to politicians that lie to them. The perversion must end. We have got to shatter the myth, shatter the lie that Social Security is something you pay for, you paid into, and therefore it's a lie. It's just another fucking tax. It's just another tax that's deleted. The ability to pay is what is written in the code, and it points to the trust fund. Trust fund's a spreadsheet, not a fucking financial fund. Do you get this? If you get it, never, ever forget it, because we have got a war coming at us. Many of you all have allowed these libertarian, fake, progressive outlets, these, oh, we're the new left, and they're out there actively advancing actively advancing privatization schemes, actively giving air cover to fascists, actively giving air cover to neoliberalism, and all the while, thousand live viewers watching them do stupid shit with Cynthia McKinney and other people that don't understand any of this financial shit at all. Zero. But there's a thousand fucking people listening to them. Thousand fucking people listening to them, wrecking society, destroying any chance of us moving forward and that you will be the asshole because you'll be the guy that comes into their chats and tells them that, hey, this shit about FICA is a lie. Uh This is what we're up against, folks. We can't fight the man because the people in our space are busy carrying the man's water with the lies about FICA, with the lies about Social Security being insolvent. It's time for us to be better and to fight back and to not just purge this information from our brains, but to keep it right there at our fingertips and force change. I'm Steve Grumbine with the Rogue Scholar, folks, and I am out of Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.